You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio Weekly. Thanks to everyone who shared the show this last week. Shout outs to Anil Leal, Leo Famasino, Altered Eagle Clothing, and Jason Mundell. Thanks for the support, everybody. Please tell a friend about the podcast by clicking that share button when you're listening. This episode of the show is brought to you, as always, by Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Sullen Clothing, and Inky's Tattoo Products. To see who I think is killing it these days in tattooing, check out my top five Instagram profiles of the week at sullenradio.com. Vail, Colorado, on October 12th to 13th. If you would like to get tattooed by me, hit me up. Send me an email, joe at sullenradio.com with your ideas. Let's get something going for my birthday. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at OG Joe Swanson. You can also join me every Thursday now on Periscope for the Southern Radio Weekly Review. Check that out every week on Periscope, motherfuckers. I'm on there now. This is Southern Radio Weekly, and this is my talk with tattooer Justin Burnout. This is Southern Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. This is Joe Swanson. I am super pleased to welcome Justin Burnout. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Dude, I'm awesome. You know, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, As with most guests I get to fucking talk to, I I get excited about talking to them. And, you know, we have some uh, history in in a similar city in San Francisco. And so I'm excited to hear about your experience tattooing there and um, I've been stoked since I was introduced to your work and met you out at Palm Springs to, uh, to have you on. So cool, man. <clears throat> yeah, it was cool. Palm Springs was a trip. I had a great time. Yeah. Well, you, uh, stayed pretty busy out there and how yeah, was yeah. that show? Yeah, the show was awesome. I mean, I've never worked a show like that where it's kind of like, I guess it's like a pool party vibe combined with a convention and all the way out in the desert. I've never been to Palm Springs before. So that was cool. And I was stoked to be invited to work in and stuff. And then Sean, one of the organizers that was putting it on, one of the main guys doing it, he he was he, he was so stoked that I was there. He wanted to get tattooed by me and booked in beforehand. So I was even more stoked to go over. It was just one thing after another. The invite was enough. And then and then he wanted to get tattooed on the Sunday. So I tattooed him all day on the Sunday. Did some roses on his legs. And yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. It was a great show. Met a bunch of people. Met you there. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a great time. That's cool, man. Uh, you don't get tired of tattooing roses, do you? I don't know, man. Like, everyone always asks me this. They're always like, do you get tired of doing roses or not? I mean, I guess I fluctuate. I never say no to them because I, I do overall enjoy doing them and everyone everyone seems to want to get them and stuff. And I'm trying to change them up here and there to keep it fresh. But you kind of get into a way that people like to have them. And then they're like, oh, I want it like this one. You're like, oh, I kind of want to use this shape. They're like, no, I really like this. So... I keep doing them. I, I like them. I don't think I'll ever stop doing them. So yeah. but once in a while, it's nice to take a break from doing them, try and get a few other things to do. But well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's that's the nice thing about those classic images like roses and skulls and and just all the all the classic stuff. It never goes out of style and no. you can revisit it and look at it from a different way or try to do something new with it um, each and every time. But do you find that, man, it's got to be frustrating when you want to kind of push your push your tattooing or your art or how you're doing something in a new direction and people start to come to you for a particular thing and a particular look. Um, when did you start seeing that you were doing this black and gray stuff with kind of this, what I see is this American, 
um, Western style, like these classic images. It's shit, man. Let's fucking get after it. It's like San Francisco, man. It's it's that what they call that illustrative style of tattooing, you know, that has and you're gearing it towards that black and gray, which is super killer. Um, When did you start seeing that that was where your where your work was going? I kind of feel I feel like even. When I, even when I started tattooing, I always kind of wanted, I knew I wanted to do black and gray at some point. I knew I wanted to move into that direction. I don't know when it was going to happen or, or when I'd get, you know, sort of get the skill set to even, even begin down that path with it. But I was always, I guess the beginning, the beginning was always interesting, you know, traditional as well, and learning the fundamentals of tattooing and laying it in right, you know, clean lines, solid black and making sure like, you know, even you're whipping it out. So it's consistent, like a nice, consistent whip. Or it's smooth blends, but either way, still just a strong foundation in it. So I think from that, even when I was going to move into black and gray, I felt like it was always going to still have a kind of strong to somewhat illust- like illustrative kind of look to it. Still a little bolder, not so not so fine and sort of soft and flowy. You know, I think it's just going to, it was always going to be a little more dense, a little more solid, maybe a few harsh lines in there still, and then softer in the middle. So I kind of ended up combining both, and I found that I guess I found that way of doing it. Maybe in the last few years, I started mm-hmm. having the confidence to be like, it is all right to put a few bold lines or something that is soft. It hasn't yeah. got to be, you know, you can only use them if you're doing a traditional piece, or you can only use them if you you can't use them if you're doing black and gray. I was like, I think it's fine to kind of, you know, I found this little way of just blending both together, and I'm kind of happy with how it looks at the moment and stuff. And sometimes I change it. Sometimes my customers are like, oh, I want to do it like one of these other ones you did, a little softer without the harsh line around it, and some really like it. And, so kind of going a little bit off what they want and a little bit whatever the piece needs. So mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it's kind of good to bring something out and kind of frame it off around the edge a little bit. And I see a bunch of other people that I like and they kind of end up doing that here and there a little more than they used to. And I, I kind of, I think, I think there's a reason in that. I think it holds over time a little better and frames it off nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of idea of mixing that real soft with the real bold. I mean, it's, that's a traditional mindset, you know, American, a Western traditional mindset of, having, you know, almost a staggered effect, like really heavy black and then a solid patch of color and then some really heavy black. And you kind of layer the designs that way. And so it's cool to see it being applied to, you know, now in tattooing, people are applying it to all different styles of tattooing. Those, those basic fundamentals are just grabbing it and going, taking it to the next level. Yeah, definitely. I think I just, I think stuff without it still holds great over time and has a certain look to it. And that's the look you want. I think, I think it looks great as well, but mm-hmm. for me, I just, I like it just to hold a little deeper, a little bolder and just kind of, I don't know. I just, I prefer just looking a little more dense, a little, a little more like a little nod to the traditional tattooing combined uh-huh. with, with the fine line kind of West coast stuff, you know, where like that, little, where does that respect for the traditional and the respect for the West coast come from? I think my respect for the traditional is just straight back to the old school stuff where, you know, that, that was tattooing at one point, you know, it was, it was, it, all the designs were constructed that way. It was all, it all start, everything was framed by lines. It wasn't mm-hmm. this painterly sort of blended stuff that's coming in, in now or in the last sort of 10 years or so, maybe five years even. Um, yeah, I feel like everything was, was line structure and then a lot of black. And then I remember hearing one point, that I always thought it was a style thing. And then I, remember, I can't remember who it was that said to me, but they're like, there was so much black because black was cheaper than color. So, you know, a red rose would be 80% black with a little bit of red. And that was a red rose. I just thought, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I just thought it was cool. And, and 
there was always that bold feel. And then to me, that was the beginning. That, that was tattooing and that's how it kind of looked. So always wanted to learn those fundamentals have a really strong foundation in that. Spent a lot of years doing walking stuff when you, you know, you need to be, be you know, you can go across the board and use, use loads of different, different needles, you know, always from your tight threes, always your bold lines and whatever. So learning all their fundamentals a lot and practicing a lot and, Having, having a lot of respect for them, I always thought that that should be, no matter what style I move into, that should still be relevant. That should still be in there somewhere to hold, to keep that boldness, but then also move into a, into a kind of look and an artistic take you want to you go with something. Did you, did you plan it out? Did you have an idea when you first started tattooing and maybe talk a little bit about when you first started? Um, did you say, did you know that you wanted to work on those fundamentals, but ultimately tattoo in a specific style that lend lended itself to your artistic you know creativity i think when i first started i always knew that i was always my main thing was always, i mean i did a lot of oil painting and stuff when i was at school and college but the biggest thing for me was always pencil drawings like graphite or charcoal and that kind of thing i just loved that kind of look it's just it always looks classic and timeless and i knew that if that's what my preferred art style was when I was working in that way, that, I mean, in the beginning stages of tattoo, I never, never thought I'd take it anywhere to start with. It was all about learn, like, learn first and, and see where it goes. But ultimately, I always saw myself in the future, I definitely wanted to pursue the black and gray side, um, just because that's the way I preferred working in. But when I first set out with tattooing, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't chasing that straight away. It was definitely somewhat in my head that in the future, mm -hmm. that's where I wanted to take it. But to start with, it was it was that wasn't the it wasn't the thing I was focusing on at all. It was huh. learning the fundamentals. How long have you been tattooing? I've been tattooing probably I'd say about ten years now. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I think the take on it these days is a lot of people come into this business with an idea that I'm going to be this. This is what I'm going to be. They didn't have that idea that street shop mentality or that older um, idea that I have to be skillful at everything, you know, yes. but then it's fucking a trip because you hear guys like Mike DeVries talk about, you know, you're going to see people, they're going to have to be good at every style. And man, you look at dudes that are coming up like um, Zach Singer, who's crushing it. Yeah, man. And I like, just, that guy, Charles, he's killing it, man. It's so sick and combining that stuff as well with the, soft painterly blends mm -hmm. and then with you know that's still bold structure behind certain elements in his work mm -hmm. and you know it's, it's, there's nods everywhere there's nods to this sort of painterly stuff and then there's nods to the you know how you lay in a really solid traditional tattoo that everyone yeah. says you know bold will hold and then if you're getting that stuff in there with the new stuff then who, know, who knows what how it's going to look or how it's going to hold and i think it's a good thing i mean combining this stuff that you bring something different you know well, i think what's cool is the guys like Zach are combining those elements that have already been tested there. Well, they yeah. do. So they're doing it in that way, right there. If he's doing a color portrait section of a piece, it seems to me from just my observation of the work and being a tattooer that he's learned that style to the highest level. And it, he knows what it's going to take to keep this over time. And yeah. because it's been showed, I mean, Nico's been doing color portraits for how many fucking years? So is Mike and all these other cats. Um, so, and if it's dot work, you know, what's going to what's going to hold what's going to be at the highest level of dot work, you know. And so black and gray, all the different styles, they're doing it at such a high level that they know and they've observed like what's 
happened over time. So they know yeah. that, hey, this is going to work if I apply these basic principles. So it's fucking cool, man. I, I dig it. I think it's awesome. I think it's sick. <clears throat> Having that bold, that soft, and yeah, definitely, definitely, it's a good, it's a good, I think it's a good blend, and I think it makes for a different look. It's you know, it's combining stuff. I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, talk about Idle Hand, man. You've been out there, San Francisco. That's <laughs> wow. a dope shop. Super it cool is. floors. Holly's Holly's a great lady, and she's always been super supportive of me. And I remember, that, I remember the first time I went to San Francisco with a group of friends. They were going there for um, just for a holiday, like a vacation, just to go out there. There was three of them. And the last minute, they asked me if I wanted to go. And um, I was around this time, that's when I wanted to start sort of, I was already guesting and stuff around the UK, but I wanted to, you know, go abroad, go internationally and start guesting, you know, and hopefully in California, because I had obviously a massive interest in there, in the style and stuff and that kind of culture. Um, So they invited me to come along and I was stoked to go. So I went and then I had this, one, to go on holiday with them, which I know would be super fun. And then two, I was going to go and scope out a lot of shops in San Francisco, kind of the, the mecca that it is there with all the shops and all the history. So I was going around loads of different shops and the idle hand was, was one that I went in and then just instantly I was just like, man, this is a place where I want to, I want to guess right here. It just had such a good vibe and the work there and all the, all the flash and artwork and paintings and from so many different people and the people that work there all over the walls and stuff. And I was just like, this shop is sick. I was like sold straight away. <clears throat> so, um, they were actually having an art show that night when I popped in there. I spoke to the counter girl at the time. They were having an art show across the road at Molotov's, the bar across the road where they were always drinking and stuff. And um, she said, well, your best bet is when you come over, come over to the, the bar tonight, all the guys are going to be in there and Holly will be there as well. And maybe you were able to grab five minutes with her, maybe, you know. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Sounds great. So... I went back down that evening and went to the show. And then I think I spoke to Holly really briefly, but not that long. And then um, I think she said, like, to either stop by the next day or the camera girl again. I can't remember her name. But she was like, I'll come by again tomorrow. She remembers you because she remembered the ne- tattoo you had in your neck because we were talking about it. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> so I went back the next day. And then uh, I remember going in there super nervous. and Because um, at this point, like most of the guest spots I got back in the UK, I'd already been, you know, I'd been like offered them or someone had reached out and emailed me or something. Whereas this time, I was like, well, until I make any connections over there, how's I'm just going to get that email in my inbox inviting me? I just thought it's not going to happen. So I was like, well, I'm just going to have to just ask and kind of approach her. So, yeah, I went in there. And she went and went out. The kind of girl went out the back and was like, Holly, the guy you spoke to last night, the one with the microphone on his neck, yeah, he's back. And she was super nice. She stopped tattooing, took her gloves off, carried her to the front. And I was like, um, hey, do you remember? She's like, yeah. And just for a second, it was kind of awkward. And then I was like, I just want to show you my work. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, it's fine. So you got my, got my work up. <clears throat> I think even on MySpace or Facebook at the time. And uh, I showed her and she had super nice stuff to say. And then she was like, what are, you, what are you kind of getting? I was like, well, I really want to guess, but like out here in San Francisco and um, I really like your shop. I think it's awesome. And I don't know if you have, you know, if that's how it works or so any friends you invite or somehow if you meet at the conventions and stuff, but would you be open to it? And then, she, she paused for a second. She was like, yeah, for sure. Like, and I was like, if you say, yeah, I'm going to come back in like literally a month. And she was like, no, that's, it's cool. I'm down. Let's, let's do it. I was like, okay. And I went, think I went back literally in a month. I went to guest point there. And yeah, like literally been pretty much family in that place ever since. Like I go back probably three, maybe four times a year, um, always for a week at a time, maybe a little bit longer, sometimes two weeks, but I usually split a week there and then a week in LA. 
And um, yeah, it's been amazing, man. Like seeing that shop, it was amazing, man, and seeing it change and the artists that have come through and gone. And it's always at such a high caliber and just always such a good vibe. And I guess Holly's, I think she's always on it and she's always doing something different with the shop, or always wants to take it in a different direction or always like refreshing stuff in there and making the guys like paint, not making them, but suggesting that, they, you know, all together, like they have like a subject matter and they'll paint flash for the front wall and every couple of months they'll rotate it and change it. So it's always staying fresh. And I think that's good for a shop. It just keeps a good vibe and it keeps everyone, you know, hungry for changing their style, not their styles, but changing what they're doing rather than just becoming static, you know? And I think a lot of shops end up falling into that because they get comfortable. And I think, yeah, I think Holly smashes it. Idle Hand is an amazing shop. I feel stoked that she gave me that shot the first time. And then obviously I did something right because she's said to come back every single time. So it's good, what did, man. What did you get to do that first trip, man? How long was that first trip? How long did you stay? Uh, I think the first trip I went out there for was, I think I went for maybe a week and a half, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean, you mean the first trip when I went with my friends or the first trip when I went tattooing? A month after you went with your friends yeah, and you yeah, came yeah. back and, okay. and yeah, were... Back. Yeah, it must have been like for like a week and a half, maybe two weeks. I think I, I probably came out to California for like two weeks and then probably tattooed for about a week, week and a half, I reckon. Yeah, it was good. I remember it. I went out with my friend Chris and then, uh, yeah, we, he, was, he doesn't tattoo, but he was like, I'll come, I'll come with you. I was like, sweet, cool. So I wasn't just going by myself. But, <laughs> right yeah, on. Was, did you stay in a, did you get to stay in the city while you were there? And what did you experience? Yeah. Uh, we stayed in the city. We, uh, <clears throat> I think we stayed, ended up staying in the Castro area. We didn't realize at the time. Obviously, that's like the main sort of like gay area of the city, and we didn't realize. And we were, um, we, we got this apartment to stay in. And it took us a couple of days. And the, and the guy that um, showed us in the apartment and stuff, and it was, I think it was like a, it wasn't an Airbnb, but he, he had an apartment, a super nice apartment that he rented out. We got there, and then it took us a few days. And then Chris was pointing out, I was like, he's paying. He's like, I don't know if I'd hang them in my house. Like, why is that? And then we realized there just loads of kind of dudes just laying out on walls and, you know, and then we're like, and then we started learning because we didn't know about the city at this time. Then we started learning about the city. Like, oh, you're staying in the Castro area. And we're like, oh, that makes everything started making sense. Anyway, yeah. it was fun. Did you eat at Orphan Andy's right there in the Castro? That was a little breakfast spot, lunch no. spot. Oh my God. They got, they got the best fucking French toast. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, um, Amazing, man. I, I worked at a little tattoo shop right above that for uh, a few months, probably 10 months. And uh, the last time I worked in the city and uh, yeah, man, super good French toast. Yeah. Two, two super yeah. nice dudes that own it and um, yeah. great little. Uh, the worst thing for me when I go to America is is the breakfast. I'm allergic to egg. So, oh, shit. Yeah. So like literally when I, when I started going out there, I was like, all these, all you guys do is have egg, like in some form, you know, be it pancakes, French toast, or just omelets. And like, <laughs> I was like, is it? So I ended up having to like order a burger and stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. normally eat over there for breakfast? Uh, normally I'd get like a, like a bacon cob, which is like, you know, like a bacon sandwich, put some ketchup on it, that kind of, that kind of thing. Or, or just like cereal and a bit of fruit or something, which I guess you can still get out there, of course. But yeah. most of the places, if you're going, if you're going out to get something to eat, it's always yeah, it's always like egg heavy. Like yeah. The whole well, they would put that. They'd take that bacon sandwich here and put it, you know, bacon sandwich with egg yeah, and yeah. cheese on yeah. toast. Yeah. And you know, at this point, out here in California, San Francisco, you probably find that thing with avocado and tomato yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, man. I always get one of my idle hands. The guys always laugh at me. They're like, 
because in the morning, like whoever whoever's like being the shop guy that day, they'll they'll do like the breakfast order for everyone. So they'll go and pick up breakfast and we'll all place their orders. And they're and then I'm always like, oh, I'll just get a bagel, and then they think they know what I want on it. I'm like, no, I'll just get it with like bacon, and then just like ketchup. And they're just like, what? And then uh, yeah, they are used to it now because I can't eat like other stuff. And, like, that's just what I like, and I'm English. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they always they always take the piss out of me for it. They was like, Justin, you're so fucking weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like over there in uh, Dar- you're in Derby, England? What's yeah. uh, how big I is that live, place? I live in Nottingham, but I have the, the shop. That I'm at and co own with my friends, that's over in Derby. So it's a good half an hour drive every day. So I live in yeah. Nottingham, but shops in Derby. That's Ghost House uh, Collective. Yeah, Ghost House Collective. Yeah. Um, I mean, Derby, if I'm honest, I'd love to say it's like this super rad place, and but but it really isn't. It, um, I guess it just worked out wise, like how we got the shop there and stuff. It worked out good that wise, like business wise and stuff. But as far as a place to live, I don't know if anyone's listening and from Derby, no offense, but it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nottingham, where I do live, like, yeah, I really like Nottingham. I've lived there for probably, what, like eight years now, something like that. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I like the city a lot. It's cool. It's got a lot, lot going on, I feel, and a lot of bars to go to and good people, a lot of clubs to go to and stuff. And, yeah, it's fun, man. I enjoy it a lot. That's cool, man. It's uh, How do you like that half-hour commute, you know, to – it's uh, it can be a challenge. Like today, you had to find another way home, right? Yeah, today sucked. I mean, yeah, I was like, recently got my tires changed in my car. Came up for its service, changed the tires, paid a lot of money for them, which was fine because these are the things you got to do to maintain a car or whatnot. But then, yeah, it's been like a month, and now I'm driving to work today, and yeah, I just get a blowout on the tire. I've run flat, so it was fine. It didn't nothing crazy happen, but I knew I knew that I couldn't drive at home and had to get it sorted out, and yeah, it wasn't good. So that was annoying. I wish if it, if if I could walk to my shop, then uh, that wouldn't have happened. But yeah, so, so put me back as well. Today was one of those days where that happened. Then I get to the shop and then I've done all my prep for, my, for this portrait I was doing. And I have all like um, the nice printout on photo paper with all the kind of contrast I want to look at while I'm doing it. Then I have my like hand stencil already. So I want to use that one because I always feel those stencils always lasts a little longer than the ones that you use in the carbon machine. I, I feel that. I, I still don't know if that is true, but I always feel they last a little longer. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's I get there after the whole tire blew out. And then I get there and I'm running late a little bit because of that. And then it's all the wrong way around. So I'm like, oh, of course it is. So that took even longer. So I had to reprint everything out, flip everything. The printer wasn't on my side today. So, yeah, Shit, yeah today all went wrong. But, yeah. <laughs> You the like commute it? today sucked, but normally I can deal with it. It's not too bad. Right. If it's longer than half an hour, I think it annoy me, but half an hour I can deal with. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. So you like hand stenciling your your uh, portraits, and do you do yeah. most hand stencil shit? Um, no, I'd say again, if I'm working in a more traditional kind of way, which isn't so much these days, but people that know I do a little bit of that, I still end up doing it. I don't post too much of it, but usually on like friends and stuff that know I do it, and they just want to get like a little traditional banger off me. So I'm like sick this is a fun one like kind of like a little less stress you know not that it's easy but it's just a little less stressing keep looking back at the reference so much and all that kind of stuff you know uh-huh. you can kind of just you've got your you've got your you know your drawing already you know what you're gonna do but you're more about just executing it rather than thinking too much the whole time um but um but yeah with with, with that then the traditional stuff then i'll uh i'll use the i'll use the just pen it all out and then use the carbon machine and run it straight through. But yeah, if I'm doing portraits and stuff, I kind of prefer hand carboning them. You can get, like when you lay tracing paper over the top to get like a line drawing of it. I feel like sometimes you can lose a little details and stuff. 
not always, but sometimes on certain ones. And like if you're just going straight over the top with a pencil, then or you know, or a pen, I usually use a like a light kind of pencil, just like it nice and sharp so and get everything crisp. Um, and it still still picks up really well. I just feel yeah, you can get every little bit on there. But what I do sometimes as well is after I've done that, I'll um, I'll also scan it in as well. So mm-hmm. I've technically got a line drawing. So if you need you know if you need to resize it or if you need to flip it, then you still can before you go and put it on the skin and smudge it all. And you're like oh, we need to make another one. Then you you know so I always I think from that happening too many times and then having to recarbon it out, I was like right, I'm gonna start like sort of you know scanning these in as if they're just line drawings because i guess technically on the on the back of them they they are just line drawings and then yeah. you can resize it and run that print it off and then run that straight to the carbon machine that's, i started doing that so that's cool man have you have you messed with digital at all like the, any of the tablets or anything like that to... uh, not really i mean i used photoshop and stuff on my macbook for like editing stuff you know obviously mm-hmm. editing any any imagery be it not necessarily just portraits but even even as far as like oh, I edit roses that I do, I'll, I'll take kind of after a while you hunt Google so much and uh, you end up seeing the same roses used by everyone. And I was just like, obviously, you know, I get asked to do roses a lot. So I was kind of getting sick of one, the, my favorite shapes I'd find. I don't want to keep using them and hashing them out over and over. So what I started doing, I was, I was taking like petals off one and Photoshopping that onto another one. And then always, I always find you'll find a really nice, outer side of the rose and then the, and then the center of it will really, like suck it'll look horrible but then and then you know vice versa so i'll take like a really nice center and i'll photoshop that in into the one with the nice nicer outer petals and then so you're making like basically custom roses that you're not just you know grabbing straight out of google and then yeah i just mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i'm using it i use editing stuff for that kind of thing but i don't i don't really do anything with a tablet or anything like that if i'm going to draw into a piece i usually end up photoshopping a few things together and blending them in and whatever and getting my composition right i'll print that out and then i'll pick a pencil up and sketch into the piece mm-hmm. and then so it's kind of combining i guess some you know freehand drawing combined with editing some stuff on photoshop so it still keeps that like you know that that drawing hand there rather than getting too digital so i guess it's again that blend of of I don't know, traditional ways of doing stuff combined with a little bit of technology as well which I think, I guess, is almost almost like what my work is slightly. So, KingpinTattooSupply.com. Kingpin has prided itself on reliable customer service and quality products since 1996. If you're an artist, a shop owner, collector, or just a tattoo fan, hit up Brian Stover or any one of their sales reps over there at Kingpin and get your tattoo supplies, your instructional DVDs, or books today. Order online at KingpinTattooSupply.com or call them at 888 299 Five six seven five. When you make an order, make sure to let them know you listen to the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone, to Southern Radio Weekly. I'm Joe Swanson. Please enjoy the rest of the show. Who was early on? Who are you being influenced by when you first started tattooing? Who are you seeing in the magazines or f- from over here? Or who are you seeing over in the UK or other places that were that was ki- that that inspired you? And like, man, I can't believe how killer that dude's work is. Yeah, um, I think one of the first people, and this wasn't his tattoos or or his like overall work. I didn't even actually really clock or really know about like say like tattoo flash. I didn't really know what that was. I was super young. I went over to um, I think we were in we were in Miami. I went there with my dad and my brother just on a holiday. Went to went to obviously Florida. Went to Orlando and then down to Miami and then Key West. I remember in Miami, 
uh, me and my brother just went strolling around and found this tattoo shop and went in there. And I remember flicking through this flash rack. I didn't know it was a flash rack. I didn't know any of the terms then or whatever. I was really young. And I was like flicking through and I just saw this kind of like, I just call it like cool lettering at the time. It was obviously like script, like flurry, nice hand style, script, cursive stuff. And and um, I remember being super inspired by that and all this gray shading in the background and all this cool letters. And it was kind of a blend of, you know, like old English style stuff with all this flow. And yeah, I remember just completely losing my shit over that. I was like, this is, that's what I've been trying to draw. My brother was like, yours looks nothing like that. I was like, no, oh, this, this, it's this stuff. It's this. I can't really, I don't know what it's called. So I couldn't find any of it to look at. It was the first time I physically had something in front of me. I know I've just seen bits and bobs. Um, and that was actually Boog stuff. It was like loads of Boog flash. It's later on, like a few years later, I realized I was like, oh, that's what it was. I was losing my shit over. So I remember, I remember seeing that in the early stages and that really inspired me. So it wasn't so much as his tattoos or anything, but yeah, just seeing that stuff, that was a big, I remember that was a big moment where I was like, this is the stuff that I really want to get into. Um, and then I also remember I had a magazine that um, I think it had like, you know, so like a five page spread on Corey Flatmo and um, hit like that, that I was like, this is like, I was, my mind was just blown. It was so, I've still got it now. Actually. I, I remember keeping it. I put it in that plastic sleeve and I've kept it ever since I pulled out the magazine. I was just like this bit. Like, I don't care about if, if, if the magazine gets lost, but I'm saving these like five sheets. Just Dude, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, lost my mind after that man. Yeah, so man. Good. Holy shit! I did that funny thing about that, like taking the yeah. articles out. I did that too. Yeah. I got a whole fucking. Uh, that was back when magazines were magazine. I mean, you you had yeah. magazines. That was where you yeah. found out about shit. You know, like I have a whole binder that has you know interview with. Ed Hardy and Dan Higgs and, you know, Bob Roberts and, you know, all the different dudes that, that Freddie Corbin, I remember that, yeah. that article with Freddie Corbin blew my mind, dude. When like you ha see him on the, in the front says Mr. Nice guy and he's leaning up against yeah, yeah. that badass car and you got black dudes with like Oakland across their stomach, just looking super hard. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. man, that style and yeah. toughness like combined, you yeah. know, it's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome, man. All that stuff is massively inspired by it. I lose mm -hmm. my shit over it. I remember it, man. I was just like, that. That's I want to do that stuff. Like, yeah, cool. I mean, it's almost that book. That bug stuff too is similar to that. It's like gangster, yeah. but it's like, you know, got such. It looks so cool and it's done so well. You know, it's. Uh, I remember seeing that book as well. That I mean, that fat. It was like a fat book of just yeah, endless man. sheets of of cool shit. Um, and that's a dude that keeps killing it. I mean, he's still yeah. out traveling the world, you know, doing it. Still out there doing it, man, like relentlessly. Mm -hmm. just been doing it, yeah, been out there doing that, like, yeah, since, well, for, for as long as I can remember anyway, so. Yep, yep, it's, uh, it's cool to see those cats that can, that, that can do that. Do you find, like, right now, are you keeping a pretty heavy travel schedule like to conventions or do you like to just do the guest spots or how, how are you seeing? I think before I was like, it's only in the last maybe what like only in the last year I've started doing conventions um, internationally. But before that I was just doing conventions in the UK. Um, and then if I was ever, if I was ever tattooing internationally, I was always just doing guest spots and stuff. But um, no, I'm enjoy I'm, en I'm really enjoying doing conventions internationally. I feel like they're different. Um, they're not. I mean, there's obviously so many similarities as well, but I feel like they're different. I feel like you get 
especially in the states, there are, I feel like they're a lot bigger and there's there's a lot more a lot more of them happening, obviously because of the size of the country. And then so the caliber of art, like artwork you're seeing and tattoos and and the artists that are there and stuff and the people you're getting to meet and interact with and trade trade like information and chat stories and just yeah, like I'm 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 really liking that side of it for sure. A lot of different faces, you know. So yeah, talk about LA, different from San Francisco. What what do you like uh, about that city? So it's weird. I've got so much love for San Francisco, but I feel like I should I should more I should spend more time in LA for like the kind of styles and stuff that I like a little bit. I feel like it's 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 that more LA kind of West Coast looking stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but I don't know. I mean. I like both equally, and I'd say the differences are, well, LA, you have to drive everywhere, which sucks, so right. that annoys me, um, but, and, and San Francisco reminds me more like as if you're in London or something, you can kind of just, you know, it's still big, but you can get around, and you've got like, the bar, which is, you know, like the underground or whatever, and you can cruise around on that, or you, or you can just get the bus, or you can just walk, and you can still mm-hmm. get to places in different parts of the city, so I really like that, I think it gives it a different vibe, it makes it more more I don't, I don't know the right word but i guess it makes it more achievable you can get more done in the, in the day you can go mm-hmm. over that area and that area and feels it feels different like that whereas la you feel like you're one small thing in a very big place um but i don't know they, they just have different vibes but i don't know it's hard it's hard to kind of say like uh-huh. but I, I like both a lot so. why do you think you want to spend more time in la um i want to spend more time in la I, I, I think I it's I think it's, it's a huge. Not, it's always sunnier over there, and obviously, <laughs> being from England, you don't get any sun other than maybe like one week a year. So All every right. time I go to LA, you can pretty much guarantee it's gonna be blue skies and sunny. Um, and then one of my best friends, Tom, he uh, he ended up he was actually one of the guys when I originally went to San Francisco on that holiday I was talking about. He was um, one of the guys that was that was on that trip as well. He ended up meeting which is now, like, unfortunately, they split up, but he ended up meeting his wife on that trip. They ended up getting married, and then they are both living in San Francisco, and then they moved to L.A. And then, uh, yeah, sadly, they're not together now, but they're all good. And, um, but yeah, Tom, Tom lives in L.A. now, so that's why I always try and get over there and spend time with him. It's always, it's always a good time. So. Yeah, man. So you got friends, friends now. It's, it's more than just coming for the work. You got family yeah. and friends there now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Got a lot of a lot of solid friends, friends for life. Um, yeah, definitely in LA and, and San Francisco for sure. And kind of kind of keeps growing as well. But uh-huh. uh definitely in those two places. Cool, man. How'd you get connected with Sullen? Um with Sullen, that was actually from my friend Vicky Morgan. She uh she was doing some work with Sullen and got a clothing line with them. Uh, I think it was the Vicky Morgan collection, I think they called it. And um yeah, she was doing stuff with them and then she knew the kind of style and what I was into and what kind of stuff I like doing. And she, she thought it was a pretty good fit for what Sullen does. And then she got, she connected me and Ryan and just got us talking. And then it kind of went from there. Me and Ryan started talking and I sent him some artwork. He was into it. And then uh, we ended up, one of the pieces I sent him, he ended up using for a shirt. And then that was, it kind of started from there, really. I think I must've been maybe like five, maybe five, five years ago now, something like mm-hmm. that, I think. Yeah, it's uh, you just tattooed Jeremy too, right? At the... Yeah, what a trip! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that, man. That was a convention as well. Um, yeah, we're at Carriage House convention. And me and Jeremy for a while now, a couple of trips, and I was going out there to 
Sun HQ and seeing them guys. Um, we were trying to make something happen, and he thought he wanted to get some of my lettering off me. And then, because he's running out of space, he doesn't get much space. That guy's like collected so much from so many sick artists. Um, and then he kept seeing my roses. And then he was like, no, you know what? Fuck that. I don't want your script. I don't want your lettering. I definitely want some of your roses. And then um, I guess that's going to take a little more time than doing some lettering on him somewhere. So either, either that threw it off or he was busy doing something else. We couldn't get the timings to work anyways. And then when I was coming over to the carriage house a couple of weeks ago, um, he, was, he hit me up on email and he was like, hey, have you got, have you got time? It's actually funny. I emailed him saying, oh, do you reckon you can put a post out for me? Because like, I'm not getting too many emails for Carriage House. And just before he, see, he saw that email, he emailed me maybe like a second before, been like, hey, have you still got any spots at Carriage House? I was, <laughs> and he goes, I've just read your email. Can I definitely get in? I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely book you in. So that was kind of cool how that worked out. But um, yeah, we did some roses on his shoulder area, uh, the show. And it was around, it was around Jack Rudy, Nico Hurtado, uh, Hurtado, uh, Steve Soto, uh, who else did we have on that? Norm did some lettering around that area and a couple others, but I was like, okay, no pressure then, just a bunch of heavy hitters in this area. I've got to work on this awkward area and the lamp that I brought over for the convention broke. It didn't break on the way, everything was intact, but when I got to the convention, it wouldn't turn on and off. So I was like, right, went to Walmart, bought a new lamp and then bought one of the little head mining lamp things just in case that the new lamp didn't, didn't reach or whatever. And uh, yeah, so ended up doing that a little headlamp on doing these roses with real bad lighting and loads of people watching and but we pulled it off and he was real stoked on them and i was happy with them but there was definitely a few moments where it was a little little nerve-wracking i was like i hope he's happy with how this looks it was a really <laughs> awkward gap on his shoulder so but, it looked great but, man from the picture on instagram it looks yeah. they look great and uh Thanks. i hit him up right after i was like oh shit like those look good man because yeah. he had made you know he he said it on um i don't know if it was on instagram or facebook or both or whatever but he um said yeah thanks for handling this weird spot you know on yeah, my yeah. freckled back or whatever yeah. man it's uh no they looked awesome dude it, it was uh super cool cheers thank you so, how was that show that show was crazy I'd, i've never ever been so that, that must have been what my second convention out in the states that i've worked the one before that was palm springs and then we've got carriage house the second one and um yeah crazy out of all the conventions i've ever worked like i've never been in that kind of environment and worked a convention in that kind of space i've tattooed in some weird places but not not a convention set up anyways and isn't that distillery and downstairs they have all the, you know the huge metal tank things that they brew all their i don't know i think it's the beer in the moonshine or whatever and yeah, it was crazy. And they built all the booths out of like wooden pallets. Um, and so like, they're only sort of just above, you know, sort of waist height. So everyone could see each other. There was no walls blocking off. So that was, that had a different feel. You could just look out and see everyone working. And that was cool. But um, I think if we had two beds out, we might have struggled with the, the pallet, the sections for the one we had. But uh, yeah, but luckily we didn't. Me and Anna were working it together. And yeah, it worked out good. So. She had a bed out for hers and a little chair, and yeah, it worked out fine. But yeah, it was a cool convention, though. It was more of a hangout vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the show every night, they'd put on a huge barbecue downstairs for all the artists just to hang out and kick it. And they had like free beer and moonshine and stuff, and people getting crazy on that. It was funny. <laughs> Did you <laughs> but, go to the uh, Bob Tai Rail Roast? Yes, yeah, on the Sunday night. Yeah, that was. That was a trip as well. It's funny sitting there and every, every time someone would either pass the mic over or crack a real good joke, everyone was like, had to cheers, mood shot in the whole room. 
so everyone got pretty drunk pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> wow that man that was good any any uh, moments during that roast that stand out because that's uh, i think man that's one of those things i would love to see more of man because roast yeah, you used to definitely. see them on tv and uh they man i i just think it's one of those classic things you know um it it was cool that big gus brought that back i'm super stoked on that no definitely definitely a good idea it was so fitting for the convention as well the fact that it was like all weekend kind of like a hangout vibe you know at the end of every day Mm. all having that big barbecue that was put on for everyone everyone's sitting on you know huge sort of canteen style tables or just in a row playing dice drinking that kind of vibe and then the end of the weekend everyone's there hanging out just for one big sort of comedy joke roast kind of thing yeah it's, it was good it was, it was definitely fitting for the show and that whole vibe it was going for um any moments that stand out as far as jokes um joe capianco came up and i don't know why it just stuck in my head he just said i just want to say thanks ryan and jeremy for giving the whole tire industry a fucking uniform <laughs> Both from sullen but i just remember when he said that it was it was funny at the time it was like oh dear whatever but it was all in jest, though. It was funny. Um, and then it was, it was weird, though, because not, not everyone was just ripping Bob at all. Like, Bob was sitting there in his big chair, like, waiting to get ripped. And then half the time, they're just ripping each other. And, um, yeah, and then I think at one point, Bob got down and came down to the front, and everyone was like, you got to get back up there. He's like, I can't fucking hear anything up there. There's no monitors. <laughs> she had to come down there just to watch the show for a little bit, even though it should have been about him. But, yeah, it was funny. That's awesome, man. So cool. Yeah. Um, and, then there, oh, yeah, and then there was one guy that I think, I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it was planned, but it didn't look planned. Definitely had to be carried off stage. He was too drunk. And like the stuff he was saying wasn't really making sense. And then it could go south at any minute. So it was like, you know what? Let's just get you down. I can't remember who that guy was, but yeah, it maybe it was planned or maybe I was, maybe I was drunk missing the point, but it was funny either way. Like I'm being carried out. So. <laughs> Holy shit, man. It sounds like it was a fun weekend. I ended on a pretty- great, great fun time. So yeah, good. The first night was the weirdest, actually. Like we should probably, yeah, I should probably mention this. Enough people kind of got involved and it became a thing. The first night. So I was working, I was working the show with Anna. Um, and uh, the first night we got there into, into um, Lenore, um, there was it was like super dead and it was past 10 and we just we just got there so we didn't realize everywhere closed everywhere closed at like 10 p.m and we asked the guy at the front desk at the hotel we're like is there anywhere like we can go and get a drink or anything and he pretty much he pretty much said like pretty much everywhere is shut so we went to the gas station ended up buying some booze from there just to have, you know, have some drinks and and then we we're like oh they don't sell liquor and we wanted, we wanted to get a little you know get a little drunk and we couldn't just sit there drinking beer it was already late so we ended up buying some four locos. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! You took it right to that level, bro. Yeah, we took it to that level. We're like, if there's nothing else to do, let's go get some four locos from the gas station. Oh my god! I puked. Up, I puked up four locos so bad one New Year's Eve, dude. I de- tell me more of this story. It's bringing back <laughs> horrible memories for me. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we end up getting some four locos, a couple of cups of ice, a couple of Coronas, a couple of uh, crates of Corona as well. And, um, and then we, but we get outside the gas station and we're like, where are we going to go with this alcohol? Like, where, what, we, what, what's our plan here? Because uh, we're thinking about the hotel room. We're like, it's late. We're going to wake people up if we're, if we're noisy and laughing. And I don't know if anyone knows Adam's laugh, but it's pretty loud. They heard um, it. They heard it yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and then she just looks over and right on the, on the street corner where it's just an intersection. It's just like dead rows. No one driving around. There's just a big rock. 
sitting on the on the, you know and she's like let's just go sit on that rock it was almost like a park bench kind of thing but it's just a big rock they ended up sitting on the rock and they were drinking cracking jokes and me and her can kind of pretty much have fun anywhere so it worked out fine and it would be obviously getting louder and then everyone from outside the hotel could hear us and see us and like what the hell are those two doing on the rock and then a couple of people came over a couple more people came over and then this dude James came over with his with his like uh, Beats tablet, like boombox little thing, and started Bluetooth our music to that. And then we're playing music on this rock, and there's like ten people standing standing around or drinking, and we turned a goddamn rock into a fucking club. It was sick. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, me and Anna decided to uh, we we the next day, um, she was we we're supposed to actually on the Friday before we we're gonna take the opportunity to start. She's gonna tattoo my front for me, like my stomach area. And um, we were going to start it on the Friday at Carriage House just because we were both there. And we're like, you know what? Like, let's just get, we'll get, we got the Friday. Let's do it that. And we'll just both tattoo, like, you know, regular clients on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, but we couldn't get the stencil to fit. So, and we kept, we kept trying and we just, we couldn't get it to work on the Fridays. We're like, need to go back to the drawing board with this one. And then we're like, we've got this time. What should we do? And we, we were like, we should get memento tattoos, like, of, of like, Lenore, this place is kind of crazy. Like, it's, I've never been anywhere like it before. And it was funny. And, we were sitting there. It took about five minutes to think, to think what to get. And uh, we ended up, we were like, and then Anna was like, we should get The Rock. <laughs> I was like, what, The Rock from last night? She's like, yeah. I was like, all right, sick. So we were scrolling through our phones for like a little reference picture. So we were taking, we were taking like photos near The Rock, just hanging out and stuff. And then found a good one. I did a little sketch of it, more like a like traditional style. Put a little banner around it saying The Rock. We put some lightning coming off it. And we both ended up towering that on each other at the convention. <laughs> perfect yeah, i mean that's sick. that's perfect ending to a fun experience right yeah. that was great sick. and then anna realized she did the whole thing without her glasses on <laughs> and i was like how i was like how blind are you about your glasses she was like i really can't see much at all i was like how did you not realize yeah, yeah. exactly how did you not realize I you know think, a I little while ago to get rock tires that she just didn't even think you know she's funny. in the zone yeah and then, she, and then she also added, she was like, what did she say? She was like, I can't remember the last time I did line work. Oh my God. <laughs> this whole thing was like line heavy. It was so funny. I was like, bit more needle and turn that fucking machine up. And then it worked. So right. There you go. Yeah. Fucking A, dude. Where, where, what part of your body did you get tattooed? Um, I did hers on like d- down by her ankle. And then she did mine like real high up on my thigh. Because it's like the only kind of gap I had left on this, uh-huh. this leg. Of, it's got like a whole memento leg of just traveling and friends tower me and good nights and great memories so yeah it was like the last gap to fill on there so the rock fitted in perfectly that's <laughs> awesome man so cool uh, what's your next uh what do you got coming up recently um or, or uh, in the future here next thing coming up is i'm going out to canada for mm-hmm. the calgary tattoo convention working that one with adam as well and then from there i'm gonna fly we're both gonna fly back to montreal where adam's shop is i'm gonna do a guest spot there um, yeah, we've kind of been hanging out and deciding to do a couple shows together in Tattoo ever since Palm Springs. That's where we met. Mm-hmm. Our friend Tyler Hoare that owns Deathless Tattoo in Montreal, he um, he told Anam, like, because me and, me and Tyler have been friends for a while, and he said to Anam, when you go to Palm Springs, make sure you find this guy, Justin. <laughs> and then she was like, why? I was like, go and find him and you'll know why. And then, yeah, <laughs> I was in the lobby at Palm Springs. She was like, Justin! I was like, who the, I, like, I recognized her because I knew her work. And she's like, Justin Burnout, get over here. 
and then we just kind of been hanging out ever since. It was funny. It was That's cool. awesome, man. It's cool when you find those people that you click with like instantly, yeah. and yeah, you know, definitely you, one of those. both on the same page, like yeah. artistically, work wise, you know, kind of in that same spot where. I mean, there's so many lanes in tattooing, dude, that you can take nowadays. And yeah. you both are in that where you have that home base, but you travel and you're, you're both yeah. kind of on this point. You know, I think you're, you, the momentum's building for you guys, you know, and it's just it's exciting to see what's, you know, see it happen. And it's cool that we can see it happen on fucking Instagram, you know, yeah, man, boy, you didn't even see that stuff. And now you can just see it, you know, you can see it put a little shot of the passport on a plane ticket being like, right, see you guys in a few hours. You know exactly where everyone's at now. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. How much has <clears> that <throat> changed your, how much has that changed your business, man? Instagram oh, and social media. Insta Instagram and social media in a whole, like it's changed it massively. You know, like people speak about, I guess, I mean, I, I really can't find too much negativity in it at all. I can't see it how it's a negative. I mean, people, whether, whether they're going to find like, People talk about, you know, like they see too much stuff. It's easy to copy people's stuff, this, that, and the other. And I, I think it's all that's irrelevant. I think everything that it brings that's good, it outweighs it massively. I mean, you get people, if you focus on the ones that, you know, people that are looking for that kind of work or looking for something, like that, and they get the chance to see it and find it, you're both benefiting because they're going to be really pleased that they found the artist for them and what they've been looking for, and it's easy to come across. And then you're going to end up tattooing people that are really stoked to have it rather than, you know, you know you're just someone they know of because you're local and that's it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. And I think it's, it's made it boom and people are seeing stuff that they know, you know, they can, they can get that. They just have to travel a little bit or something or they have to, you know, just hunt a little bit on there. But once they see it, then they can opens their eyes up to more. And I think then, you know, the artists can get more creative with it because they know the possibilities of it because they're looking at endless stuff and like, Oh, how about something like this? I've seen this recently. Not that they're saying copy it, but they, showing you stuff they've been looking at and you're like yeah hell yeah we can do something like that it's like opening up people's minds and the options i think it's i think it's a good thing yeah. it's moving forward in a good way it's I definitely a business busier for sure and it's made traveling and being booked for you know guest spots or conventions like way more achievable mm -hmm. rather than just being like a little name on a convention list on a website you're you're you know you're you can promote on loads of different social media things so yeah like shop friends will put it out like yeah i think it massively helps yeah you have like probably i don't know i think i looked today like 27k on instagram yeah. followers when did you see that start changing when when you you know jumped on instagram and did you see kind of a defining moment where shit started just popping off for you i don't know i feel like i feel i feel with mine it's actually been quite quite like a steady kind of like there wasn't there wasn't there hasn't been a bit where it's you know, it took that to get to like what, like 10k or whatever, like took ages. And then I don't feel like when it got to there, like there's, there hasn't been a specific moment where it's really popped up. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's just been a steady kind of rise, and I kind of like it that way. I think, I think it just it just shows just consistently, consistently building, and not no massive jump based on you know one specific piece or one specific thing that you did. It's gone that way. It's more just a gradual kind of just keep working, keep putting out consistent work that you're doing and progressing forward and that's just gradually progressing with it mm -hmm. i kind of yeah nothing's popped off that way for on, on mine anyways but i've definitely seen that on other 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 ones like something will happen or something i post that it's like just go crazy it's like whoa how did you get like a hundred thousand followers in like a couple of days it's like oh i got posted that about this thing i just go you know it just goes nuts but i think it's all good though you know
Yeah, it, it's interesting to see. I mean, it's it's awesome that we have that technology to be able to use. Um, I just started. I didn't know if I was like challenge. I, I didn't know if I wanted to do it, man. But I jumped on Periscope, and just because it's another thing, and like can get if you if you get involved in too many things, like I'm the type of person I'm going to lose focus, man. I'm going to do seven yeah. different things half-assed instead of two really fucking good, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. but I jumped on it last week and I think I'm going to keep going like every week on Thursdays, I'm going to post like a little episode review or something like that, you know, just to connect with people and, and start using, um, that what's now, you know, cause I think we got to, we, we can find ourselves like getting passed by this, by this shit too. You know, uh, if you don't yeah. jump on it at a certain point, um, I think I've been a little late game on the Instagram, to be honest. You were? I was like, yeah, I think so. I think a fair few people were on it and they were like, you should get on Instagram. And, and then, I, then I did. It, was, it wasn't like it was massively late, but like you could definitely see that happening though. You know, if you're mm-hmm. not kind of aware of seeing where it's going and stuff and what, what's, you know, keep keeping, not jumping on every single one, but definitely being, being aware of what's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. And being aware of like, well, if that passes you too far by, you're never going to catch up with it. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's cool, it. man. You know, it's a it's a wild uh, it's a wild tattoo world right now. You know, yeah. It's like the wild wild west. You're out. Yeah. In a, I mean, you're out and about. You've done international travel now. I'm sure you'll do more of that. And um, what are you excited to see happening in tattooing? Uh, what am I excited to see in tattooing? <clears throat> more more of what's happening at the moment. Just keep like, I feel like it's in a really healthy, good place. Mm-hmm. I feel like like really. I feel like for a while, say like on the product side of things, like people kind of they realized there was a bit of a boom in tattooing. Then they were kind of fast tracking making stuff just to kind of get it out there and sell it. And I feel like now enough crap's been put out there that now people are really spending time on being like you can't just chuck anything out there. People know what they're looking for now, so it's like really good, strong products are coming out that are actually worthwhile and they're decent and like how machines are and stuff and as far as like all the aftercare products and stuff that you're using whilst working as well. Like I feel that's in a really good, healthy place. I also feel like the the expectation of customers is in a good place. Like it's very demanding, but I think it should be. I think if, if you're going to be this busy and you're going to be working a lot and, you know, and people paying good money for, for good pieces, like I think it, they should expect a lot of you and it should be, you know, tiring. You should put a lot into it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like where it is now. I just hope that it maintains for a while, for, another another good stretch and then who knows where it's gonna go Mm -hmm. i don't know um i just want to make sure no matter like other factors just as long as i keep doing what i'm doing keeping busy keeping busy on that and making sure that i'm progressing steadily and putting my all into my work and stuff and then the people that are into that at least i'll still be tattooing them so to some extent i kind of want to separate from the mass of wherever it goes and just keep make sure i feel like there's been dips and dives like throughout, throughout the years and ones that are really applying themselves anyway, they kind of, they kind of maintain being busy. Mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah, I want to focus on that really. But I, I go out to San Francisco. I'm like an hour and 20 minutes away from there out here in Lodi. And so I, yeah. I shoot out there and I uh, tattoo at my buddy's spot um, on 14th street. Um, so if anybody, if anybody wants to hit me up, come get tattooed by me in San Francisco. Um, you can do that, Joe at sullenradio.com. I'm out there whenever I book up appointments and, and people hit me up. I, mean, I think it's a good, fun city to be tattooing in, man. When are you back? Oh, in San Francisco? Yeah. I was going to aim to go back. See, this, I was going to go, um, 
for the Bay Area convention, uh-huh. which is usually towards the, the October. The October. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've attended the last, I haven't worked them, but I attended the last two. Loads of my friends are working it. And then my, my friends, um, Isaac, he, uh, he put out like the, I don't know if you heard of it, the Rose book and mm-hmm. then the Skull book. Now he's doing the Girl book. And um, yeah, I originally deliberately came out for that convention like the first time two years ago when he was putting that book out. He's a good friend of mine. He was, used to be one of the shop guys, the main shop guy, um, Idle Hand actually for a long time. Um, yeah, he put that book out. I wanted to come out and support him with that because it was the launch of the book and I had a page in it as well. And they had a big gallery show there of all the original artwork all up for sale and stuff. So, I wanted to, so that's why I went out for that. And, and then the second book came out. So I came out again and this time I'm really bummed because he's doing um, the girl book this time, which comes out at the end of October. I have a page in that as well, which I'm super stoked about. Um, and because uh, I'm going to Calgary for that convention and then going to guest spot in Montreal, I couldn't I couldn't make both work with my schedule back home as well. So this year, unfortunately, I'm going to be missing it. But I think I'll be back out in San Francisco in January because in January I'm definitely going to be in LA tattooing, and then I reckon from there I'll probably head to San Francisco for a week. Back to you, awesome man well hit me up yeah. I'll, I'll, i'd love to come in and hang out with you and uh hey, say okay. hello yeah so, definitely but uh what, what what's uh where can people find out about your work where can they do you have a website or is it straight up instagram what are you doing these days uh at the moment it's I've, i really feel like it's just pretty much instagram i mean i have my facebook as well but the only thing that goes on my facebook is just all, all the stuff that i just link from my instagram <laughs> to my Facebook. it goes on the from the feed so it's kind of you might as well just go on the Instagram. The Instagram is at Justin Burnout Tattoos. That's it. Just go on there and for all travel updates and and all like whatever I'm up to and latest pieces and whatever I'm working on and yeah, that's really where it's at for me right now. Absolutely, man. I love it. I, I appreciate you coming on. I, I love seeing the diversity in your work as well, man. You know, that definitely um you see that street shop mentality kind of come through and being able to do all that and and uh, it's exciting to see because you're taking taking it to another level. And I, pre- I appreciate it. And I appreciate your time, brother. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you listening to the show. Please click the share button. As I've mentioned before, tell your friends about the show. Email joe at southernradio.com if you want to hang out with me for my birthday in Vail, Colorado, and get tattooed on October 12th or 13th. Have a great week, everybody. Keep hustling.